from Zamo Digital, welcome to the SaaS Marketing Superstars Podcast with your host, Aaron Sikowski. This is the show where we uncover proven growth strategies from CMOs and marketing leaders behind some of the fastest growing SaaS companies. Hey, superstars. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Aaron Zikowski, and today I'm chatting with Bhaskar Agniswaran. Bhaskar is the founder and CEO of Vajro, a Shopify app that converts Shopify stores into native mobile apps in just minutes. He's also been voted amongst the 40 under 40 most influential business leaders in Asia. Hey, Bhaskar, how are you doing today? Hey, Aaron. I'm uh, doing great, and uh, thanks for having me here. Yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to finally have you on the show. We've known each other for a couple of years now, and... Uh, Happy to have an opportunity to have you on the podcast now. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to this. Yeah. Um, so to get started, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and about uh, Vajra? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, I'm a CPA by uh, qualification and uh, been an entrepreneur for the past uh, uh, 20 years and uh, uh, started Vajra uh, about four years back. And uh, uh, somewhere around April of 2018 is when we launched uh, Vajro for Shopify. And um, uh, we've been growing at a frenetic pace uh, since then. So um, we, we currently have about um, 2,500 active paying clients um, across um, close to 100 countries. So uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's basically where we are right now. Amazing. And, and how big is the company right now in terms of the, the team and the, the employee count? Oh, yeah. So um, yeah, we are about uh, slightly over uh, 200 people. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, uh, most of our staff are uh, based out of India. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's where we have the, our dev shop and uh, currently uh, all of the sales and marketing as well. All right. Um, so you mentioned that by trade, you were, were a CPA by an accountant, right? So, so how did you get into running a Shopify app? Like what made you go into this niche? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good question first up. So uh, it's a very interesting backstory to that. So, uh, so sometime in 2010, uh, I was actually having my practice. So uh, sometime in 2010, um, I was actually sitting with a client and uh, uh, there was uh, the uh, other CPA who, ha- who was a part of the meeting. So uh, in the course of the meeting, I actually realized that I was actually in the wrong place. So what happened was uh, the client asked some very pertinent questions uh, relating to uh, his company and what some advice. So uh, the advice that I gave was basically crap. And uh, the advice that the other CPA gave basically opened my eyes and uh, that's when I actually realized that, you know, I'm, I'm in the wrong place, uh, that, that um, my heart was basically not there. And uh, then kind of thought over it and realized that uh, technology is what basically interested me. And uh, we, were, we were already doing some uh, audits uh, that were completely based on technology. We were writing SQLs uh, to, uh, you know, uh, audit very complex uh, uh, transactions. So uh, that was definitely very interesting. And uh, that's how the migration uh, kind of uh, evolved, right? Uh, From uh, the audit uh, to technology. So uh, sometimes I think uh, it takes a lot of time for people to kind of uh, 
uh, understand or realize what their core interest is and unfortunately in my case it took like close to 35 years and uh, but it's it's never too late so uh, i realized my passion for technology and then uh, uh, i uh, teamed up with my brother in law nivin and uh, we uh, we initially started uh, with something else and uh, that kind of failed uh, uh, then uh, we kind of put it off with watchflow finally amazing Um, I don't know if you know, but I actually have a background in accounting. Also, I was a CPA and auditor uh, for Deloitte before oh, wow. I got into marketing and technology. So we've got a similar background over there. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it feels uh, like a lifetime ago, almost almost fifteen twenty years ago since I left that. But um, okay. So, so how specifically did you end up with Shopify? Like, did you did you identify you know Shopify e-commerce as just an up and coming niche, or? Oh, okay, so uh, uh, quite a bit of backstory to that too. So uh, before Vajro, we actually started a, a price comparison app for the North American market. So that was called Price App. So that basically failed. So uh, when we thought through the whole thing, we realized um, uh, key or we identified uh, three key uh, learnings for us. So the first one was that. uh we basically had a lot of uh what do you say expertise in mobile technology um but for a price comparison app the bulk of the work was basically at the back end and we didn't have much of an expertise there so uh, whatever we wanted to do next we wanted to make sure that uh, mobile was at the center of it so uh that's one learning uh, the second learning was um we basically uh, learned a lot about the e-commerce market itself even though it failed right so uh, we, we decided that we wanted to uh, we wanted to stick to uh, the e-commerce uh, uh, industry so th- that was our second learning and the third learning was uh, all of us basically had a lot of uh, b2b experience none of us had b2c experience and uh, uh in our next stint we wanted to make sure that uh, we stuck to something that was uh, b2b and uh, based on these three key learnings uh, we kind of uh, deliberated a lot introspected a lot and then came up with uh, the idea of mobile lab builder for shopify amazing and obviously uh, history now shows that it was a pretty good idea you've uh, you've grown okay. the company pretty well <laughs> yeah in 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 hindsight uh, yes uh, it did turn out to be a good idea uh, possibly kind of uh, the right uh, we were at the right place at the right time uh, with the idea because right. that's when the whole concept of uh, mobile commerce was taking off so and uh, shopify had opened up their ecosystem and uh, you know uh, in in 2018 we could uh, we could just put up some good apps and uh, Uh, that would have been enough uh, for people to grow that that may not have been that may not be the case today but uh, that was the case about 4 years back mm-hmm. so so once you launched the app um what did you guys do initially to create that that traction that first you know 100 so paying customers okay so we did absolutely nothing so uh, the the only thing that we did was uh, uh, we introduced a price price plan that was very competitive so started out with uh, like $25 a month so uh, that was a kind of a no brainer uh, uh, kind of a plan for a lot of people 
and uh, that basically accelerated sales for us in terms of acquiring a lot of customers and as we kept acquiring customers we started learning a lot about uh, what the customers expect and uh, uh, you know uh, how we need to uh, kind of uh, you know uh, take the product uh, in a direction that uh, customers would love it so we started learning a lot about that and then uh, after 3 to 4 months we launched our 125 dollar plan and uh, within about 6 months we actually had more uh, people subscribing to the 125 dollar plan than they had actually wow. subscribed to the 25 dollar plan but at that point in time the growth was all organic so uh, we didn't even know the word uh, product led growth existed so we knew nothing about plg but we were doing a lot of stuff that was plg so the, the kind of virality that uh, we could get uh, just with the product that led to a lot of uh, installs and initial traction for us so uh, in fact i think we came to you only about a couple of years back so the the first couple of years uh, most of the growth was kind of organic okay and then once you decided to take it to the next stage is when we started working on paid advertising together. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, amazing. And and you know, I, I just took a look at your your Shopify app page on, on the app store yesterday, and I saw you had already uh, over twelve hundred five star reviews. How important are reviews within the marketplace and and for growth? And 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 how did you get so many? I mean, you told me you've got twenty five hundred paying customers right now, and you've got twelve hundred five star reviews, which is you know, almost half of them. How are you getting people to to leave those five star reviews? How are you keeping them so happy? And and how important is that that star review rating within the, uh, the ecosystem? Okay, <laughs> that's that's another interesting question, right? So uh, when we launched uh, Vajro for Shopify, uh, we didn't even know about competition. So uh, only after we launched, we realized that uh, there were already people who were doing this. And when we researched our competitors, we realized that, uh, you know, uh, a couple of our competitors actually had a two-year head start over us. And uh, they actually had like, uh, one of them had like about 155 reviews and the other had like about 110 reviews uh, when we had zero. So uh, but we made a very conscious effort. Uh, we said uh, we had to win this uh, review game week on week. That was, uh, that was basically the game plan. So, uh, and we very consciously worked towards kind of uh, set up our uh, success team and uh, the support team in accordance with that to make sure you know, we delivered the absolute best for our customers. So as we started doing that and as we uh, constantly started to drive reviews, uh, we kind of, uh, you know, uh, started winning that game week on week and uh, over a period of time um, we have grown significantly in terms of the number of reviews and uh, right now uh, we are in a position where uh, you know uh, we have possibly twice the number of reviews uh, as compared to our nearest competition so uh, yeah that's that's how uh, uh, we are looking at this we kind of take it uh, week by week and make sure that we win that uh, uh, every week. So, but it has definitely helped us a lot. So uh, the, the pace of our reviews has definitely uh, helped us uh, a lot in terms of, you know, when, when a customer comes in and uh, if he's looking at Vajro and also evaluating a few more competitors, 
you know, uh, the reviews kind of stand out. That's that's one of the key reasons uh, I feel why uh, clients install us, uh, install Watchflow uh, over competition. So, so from that perspective, it's uh, definitely very critical for us. And, and, I, and I know that you have a 60-day free trial as opposed to most apps seem to have a 14-day or 30-day trial. Do you think that makes a big oh, impact yeah. on people choosing you as well? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, again, as I said, uh, it's been only about uh, nine to 12 months uh, since I even heard of the concept of PLG. But intuitively, we, we were following uh, most of uh, the PLG principles. So uh, the principle that we are talking about here is... Uh, to basically make the customer get the ROI. Uh, so make the customer see value before extracting value from the client. So it's really as simple as that, right? So uh, we basically uh, want to make sure that customers uh, start to get downloads. They start to see some kind of value uh, before we actually you know, uh, start to make them pay uh, for the app. That's, that's really how we look at it. I mean, that's brilliant if you think about it. I mean, it sounds so simple, yet so many other companies might be so quick to want to get to the point of revenue and proving that they've actually got a paying customer. And you're kind of flipping that on its head and saying, well, let's just make sure we have someone who's long-term really going to pay, even though the uh, the cash flow might actually be delayed a little bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, on, on the one hand, we, we definitely want to be very capital efficient. So, uh, but on the other hand, uh, the customer definitely has to see value uh, in the product uh, before he starts to pay uh, pay us for it. Mm-hmm. So uh, therefore, we we definitely want to make sure that our customers feel very comfortable in uh, you know actually making the uh, cut and uh, you know uh, making the payment. So we, we are definitely very conscious of it. Amazing. Um, if you were starting a Shopify app business today. Um, what would you do differently to be, to be growing from the beginning if you, if you were starting from scratch? Okay, so uh, the, the biggest uh, disadvantage that I see for uh, incumbent uh, Shopify plugins is uh, it's, it's not, uh, that, that kind of organic growth may not exist uh, for the large part of uh, the ecosystem today. Mm-hmm. So, because it, it has matured a lot uh, over the last few years. So, uh, if, if a person wants to come in today, unless it's something that's really, really stand out, it's going to be very difficult for people to get the kind of traction that we guys got about four years back. So, mm-hmm. that's, that's the reality of it uh, today. So, they, they possibly need to spend a lot on uh, different uh, channels uh, to uh, really make customers uh, to try the app and so on. So that's that's definitely something that people need to be very mindful of um, when they are considering uh, venturing into the Shopify ecosystem today. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in, and in terms of, of the idea of starting a new Shopify app business, you know, I've, I've read within some communities where I'm involved about people, you know, purchasing apps versus necessarily building apps. What, what do you think is the best path towards growing a successful business, you know, getting started with this? Would, if, you were, if you were to start something new today, would you start from scratch coding or would you, you buy a small app that, that looks like there was some growth potential? Oh, okay. Uh, or, or would you recommend so, others, not necessarily for yourself, but. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, so the, 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 let me look at the question from two angles, okay? Yeah. So uh, when I'm looking at it from an e-commerce store perspective, uh, 
it it kind of the, the whole ecosystem makes it very easy for uh, you know shopify stores to add capabilities to their store in terms of functionalities and features so everything is available as a plugin so you, it it's and it and most of the time it's very intuitive and very easy to use right so um, so from that perspective i would if i if i were an e-commerce store i would possibly do that uh, but if if i were a, a plugin developer um, uh, i would uh, today i would possibly try to acquire someone who has already been there uh, and uh, you know garnered a certain number of reviews and acquired a certain number of clients uh, rather than trying to uh, build something from scratch because as i said uh, building something from scratch today is uh, you're going to get very little attention because there are uh, like thousands of apps and uh, only so many uh, clients that that need uh, all these apps that makes sense all right um switching a little bit from from the shopify questions right now um where do you see the best opportunities for marketing right now and driving driving traffic and customers for shopify apps or for other b2b saas companies uh okay so uh i would possibly say uh it's, it's possibly not one channel over the other i think you you got to do multiple things uh, to be able to drive traffic so um you you just got to show yourself wherever your customers are so uh, if if they are on facebook go ahead and do facebook ads if they are on linkedin go ahead and do linkedin ads you know whatever the media uh, that your clients are likely to be in uh, you you got to really show yourself up there and uh, uh the the other part is uh you know uh you, you got to do a lot more than just uh paid media you know you you got to uh, you got to have a nice uh, block section uh, on your website you know all the basics of uh, digital marketing uh, you basically need to have nice conversion funnels on your website so you you, you got to have all that and then uh, you, you got to uh, have a great partnership team that uh, that's working on uh, you know uh, stitching together different partnerships with uh, different players and uh, you know all that is again opportunity Uh, to be uh, in front of potential clients so you 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 got to do a, a lot of things uh, to really uh, you know drive traffic uh, to the top of the funnel mm-hmm. how important have partnerships been for for badger so partnerships has been uh, super important for us so uh, very early on we realized that and uh, uh, one of the things that we did was uh, you know Uh, we started integrating with a lot of other plugins uh, within the shopify ecosystem so uh, and uh, that obviously resulted in a few great partnerships for us and uh, uh, we uh, outside of that uh, we've uh, we've also uh, hit up a lot of uh, partnership opportunities with uh, other resellers and communities and so on so uh, all that has been uh, Uh, very very important uh, lead magnets uh, for us all right um what's some of the things you struggle with the most in running your business and and growing the business okay uh, the thing that i uh, vajro struggles with the most currently is possibly uh, uh, the uh, churn levels so uh, 
what we see today is i mean let's let's kind of take a step back so uh, we we are primarily playing the game in semi segment uh, within shopify right so uh, therefore uh, this, uh, the stores themselves have uh, only a, a percentage of these stores are going to be successful right, right. so uh, therefore uh, a percentage of that kind of percolates uh, into our uh, churn as well so they are fundamentally not successful with their e-commerce business mm-hmm. and uh, uh, therefore we have a slightly higher churn as possibly compared to uh, you know other plugins or other players in the ecosystem but we are very aware of it uh, we know this is where we want to play the game this is our strength and uh, therefore we are doing what we are doing all right that makes sense Let's uh, let's yeah. jump into the lightning round. Couple quick questions, couple quick answers. Uh, first question would be, uh, what book would you recommend to our listeners to read? The book that I would recommend. So I've never read a management book in my life. So uh, the book that I would uh, recommend is uh, possibly uh, a book called uh, Spear uh, by Michael Crichton. so it's uh, it's it's all about uh, self consciousness awareness and those kind of stuff so it's it's actually a fictional book but uh, that is that is possibly what i would recommend okay i'm going to have to check that one out um what's your favorite marketing or productivity tool right now i'm sorry i didn't get your question your, your favorite marketing or productivity tool my favorite marketing or productivity tool um okay i i came across um this company called zocket uh, a few days back so uh, they're a very interesting company they basically help e-commerce stores uh, uh you know automate uh, uh the process of you know uh doing um, ads across multiple social media platforms i was i thought that was a very interesting concept all right Um and who's your favorite marketer or business leader that you're learning from right now? Oh, uh my uh favorite business leader would possibly be uh um Elon Musk. So, uh it, it, what I learn a lot from uh him is uh you know how daring entrepreneurs can actually be, right? So, uh some of the stuff that he has done is really out of the world so literally. i mean really literally out of the world right that's right. what he wants to do so uh, but uh, you know uh, jokes apart i think uh, uh, what he has done with the car industry is just unbelievable you know fundamentally if you look at uh, uh, what musk has done uh, for tesla it's basically like he has reimagined how a car would work right what's what the fundamental difference between tesla and uh, uh, all other car manufacturers is that you know they, they all look at it as uh, you know uh, fundamentally a mechanical uh, car as a mechanical device and they try to add computers on top of it but the way uh, elon musk has designed it he he, he has basically conceived of it as uh, a software that drives uh, a machine 
So uh, therefore, he has been able to do a lot of stuff that uh, others can only dream of. So from that perspective, I think he kind of really nailed the product, if you can call it that. All right, amazing. Um, final question, where can our listeners go to learn more about you? Sorry? Where should our listeners go to learn more about you? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, I didn't, I, didn't get, I didn't get your question at all. Where can listeners go to learn more about you, to follow you? Oh, okay. So, um, uh, possibly my uh, LinkedIn profile would possibly be the best place uh, for them to learn more about me. But um, if they want to learn more about Vajro, I think uh, they would uh, do well to start following our website and our uh, social media handles. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Um, Baskar, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. I know I learned a lot and I'm sure a lot of other listeners are going to learn a lot about uh, the Shopify ecosystem and marketing as well. So thank you very much for being on the show. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, Darren. It was a pleasure talking to you as always. So uh, looking forward to it. The SaaS Marketing Superstars podcast is brought to you by Xamo Digital Marketing. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in and keep on growing your SaaS.